Aloha, everybody. This is Q, the Abolitionist. You're listening to episode 44 of Unshackled Liberty. I had Bird from Timeline Earth podcast on, formerly from the uh, Friends Against Government podcast, and Pete Quinones, host of Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, co-executive producer of the Monopoly on Violence documentary, and the managing editor at the Libertarian Institute. Uh, these guys came on to talk about autonomy and post-anarchism and how to live life in real time in light of the growing state control over individual lives. That was a great conversation. We had some fun. Of course, uh, your friend and mine, Crypto Gumbo, was not able to join us again. Um, he's just wrapping things up in, uh, in in Florida with his move. So he'll be back. He'll be back soon enough, and, uh, and things will be back to normal. But till then, uh, without further ado, episode 44. Just the three of us today, and we're going to be talking about a, a little thing called post-anarchism. Guys, thanks thanks for coming to the show. Welcome. Um, how you been? Hello, hello. Good, man. Good. Good, good, good. Good, getting ready for a lockdown. By the time this episode comes out, we might be around too. Is that what's happening over there, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So um, I was I listened to the to the show you guys did on, uh, on Pete's podcast about post-anarchism, and I got to be honest, I listened to that thing about three times, and... Uh, a lot of that kind of, it was, it went over my head a bit and I don't know if I was overthinking it or if I'm just that stupid. Um, but, uh, you know, either one of those is, I guess, possible. Um, I'd like to, if you guys are available to, uh, have a quick little, I don't know, quick little discussion about that here. Maybe, uh, maybe not so in depth, make it as simple for idiots like me to follow. What do you guys think about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I could man. try and summarize it. Yeah. Um, okay. So the specific like brand of post anarchism that we looked into was Saul Newman's con- mm-hmm. concept of it. Um, I think plain and simply, so I was telling you off air, I think we start by thinking about where the ideas came from. So we know Marx, we know Marxism. We go a little further down in history, we go to libertarian Marxism rather than the Marxist-Leninist offshoot of it. There's a couple of theorists within there. You have someone like Gramsci or Emma Luxemburg. Go a little further than that into the early 1900s and you have a group of people called autonomists. Autonomist Marxists basically looked at the Marxist project of trying to, especially through libertarian means, take, uh, number one, take a society and number two, organize class-conscious workers. And they said, there's no way to do it. It doesn't work in a political setting. So they decided, instead of a political approach to Marxism, let's try a social communal approach to Marxism. So that concept comes to fruition in something like uh, an autonomous zone, which we saw something like Chaz, or uh, as what's going on in Staten Island right now, as far as I understand it. Um, 
What's going on in Staten Island yeah, right now? Yeah, what's going There's on there? There's a couple of stores that have declared themselves autonomous zones against the lockdown. Nice. Uh, already. Dude, I love that. Um, that's awesome. So so that's where what's going on over there. And so that's Mar and I'm not saying that the Staten Islanders are particularly Marxist about it, but that's the autonomous zone concept. Now, go a little further and you get the injection of postmodernism, which in this specific sense we're really talking about post structuralism. Uh, which is more or less a way of looking at social arrangements that is different from the way Marxists look at social arrangements. So, whereas Marxists would use an autonomous zone to come together to uh, experiment in real time different Marxist strategies of how to behave in an autonomous fashion, in a post-structuralist autonomous zone, what is being done is the creation of new ways of thinking or new approaches to living rather than the organization of a particular class conscious group. Um, so what that would look like would be, and this is how he defines it, quote, an anarchism understood not as a set of social arrangements or even as a particular revolutionary project, but rather as a sensibility or a certain ethos or way of living and seeing the world, which is impelled by the realization of the freedom one already has. Good? So, can you... I'm dumb. <laughs> can, can you... Can you... Is there... Is, can you break that down with the... Say that again. Can you... I don't... I'm not sure... Yeah, I'll, re I'll read the quote that. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. post-anarchism... Rather than Marxist autonomism, which we just talked about, both of them mm -hmm. use the same situation, which is an autonomous zone. Post-anarchism, Saul Newman defines as, quote, an anarchism understood not as a set of social arrangements or even as a particular revolutionary project, but rather as a sensibility, a certain ethos, or a way of living and seeing the world, which is impelled by the realization of the freedom one already has. So just live. So just yes. live. Just Simply live. enough. Yeah. Simply and, and put. It's, it, it's well, that's it. That... That's the wrap, I guess. Uh, what else <laughs> yeah, all right. Great show, guys. Just <laughs> see you around. It's simple, right? But it's a lot of words. <laughs> it's simple, though. Well, it's something that I've been writing a lot about lately is, um, you know, I've abandoned the term talking about anarchism, talking about anarcho-capitalism, talking about libertarian societies or in Kapistan. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in our lifetimes or kids lifetime, anything. I mean, maybe on some small scale somewhere that'll happen, um, but it won't last long. Yeah. Um, it, it's just evolutionary. We're not ready. Uh, you know, evolutionarily, we're not ready. Um, so what I'm talking about is I'm talking about individual anarchism, individual freedom. And I think one of the things that Bird pointed out on that episode was you're just basically you're going to experience anarchism. You're going to have experiences of it. Um, I've experienced it in other countries. Um, I experienced it in Iceland in 2017 when I didn't see a cop for 10 days and I was dealing with everyone I dealt with, I dealt voluntarily with, and I didn't feel pressured to do anything. Um, 
Now, someone could argue, well, you, you stop for stoplights and everything like that. Well, sure. Yeah, of course I stop for stoplights. I don't want to well, yeah, hurt you, anyone that, else. That's and just a function of, yeah, that's just a function yeah. of living peaceably with your neighbor, right? Just, just kind of, you know, yeah. Right. So, and I think that that was a, a big thing that I took out of that episode and it's actually making it, it's in, it, making its way into my writing. I have an article dropping tomorrow that's going to make everybody insane. Um, and I'm really enjoying doing that a lot lately. And I, I mentioned that it's like, you're going to have to, if, if you want to experience anarchism, you're going to have to go find it yourself. Uh, Cause it's not going to, I mean, it's at this point, it's like um, a group that we have here a freedom cell that we're, we're getting together here. Um, when we meet at a house and we talk and we drink and we eat, that's, that's experiencing anarchism because there's no force. Everyone's there voluntarily. Um, and as soon as we leave, you know, there's cops around and everything. So you're just going to have to be able to find those little spots of it. And it doesn't mean you have to move out into the mountains or anything like that i mean you can if you want to if that's something you want to do but really you're just anarchism is something that you're going to have to experience now it's not going to be a thing it's not going to be a location you know it's not going to be somewhere i'm going to go and i'm going to experience anarchism well there could be i mean i'm going to live anarchism well no you're going to go experience anarchism somewhere you're not right. going to live it it's not going to be a that's system right. Yeah, you're just going to have to find, find places where you, where you can be free in that moment. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Yeah. You could, you could think of um, post-anarchism. So think of anarchism and you got your anarcho-communists, your anarcho-capitalists, your mutualists, everything in between. You can think of them as schools of thought. Mm. And what post-anarchism is, is not a school of thought, but rather the actual lived experience of what the schools of thought are trying to achieve. Right. Just not, not waiting anymore. Just kind of, you know, finding no planning, finding, no yeah, preparation. Yeah. Right. And so what's the postmodern part of this, right? Because what, all right. So I could tell you it's autonomism. Now we know that means the creation of autonomous spaces and, or even autonomous mental spaces, I think I would argue as well, like what he was talking about, or right. like Foucault uses a term called the will not to be governed. Yeah. Uh, I think he actually says the decisive will not to be governed. Um, that is the postmodern part. So whereas classical anarchism was always used as a project where you would have to, you know, have your organizations and your anarchist movements. Some people use terrorism. Some people tapped out. Some people organized, marched, tried to change politics. Uh, Post-anarchism is more of this negative of that rather than the positive trying to affect the world and change things. It is simply the will not to be changed by other mm. things. Which I think is, this is not revolutionary. I mean, I think this idea has been around since at least the 80s. It's not new or anything like that, but it, it needs to be uh, put out in, in words and, and talked about. Because I think most of us already like know that we live like this, but sometimes we find issue communicating it to other people. And I think this is probably the way that you communicate it best to other people. Yeah, I think most of us who already lean in this in this kind of leave me alone, let me live my life kind of kind of way, we we already right find we already find these pockets, you know, we always right. already find these moments to to try and just exist, and 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 then when in in the occasion where the state does um, impede on our on our freedom a little bit or or a lot of it, depending on where you're at and what you're doing at the moment, 
we, we just learn to have to deal with that at that moment and then return back to the, the way we want to live after that That's moment right. has passed, you know? Now, my, my, my only issue here is, uh, and Saul Newman, as far as I remember, doesn't get into it in the book, but I've, and, and Pete and I have been doing the whole series on his show, circling, or, or, or the original point of it was to circle around this subject, which was new forms of state control. And what I've realized, what Pete realizes, is that as this post-anarchism thing is coming about and people are simply realizing, actually, it is a full dharma to live like this. It's a whole approach to life. What people are realizing is the state is enacting new means to capture you you back as well. It's not The state is not not responding to this, for instance. They are creating new means of doing it. I think in the postmodern condition, there's not really a use for a term like state anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. Everybody so far still knows. One day, nobody will know anymore. Anyway, point being, there is another means of control, which I think part of it is exemplified in the media. Um, the emotional, uh, I like to call it a terror engine, especially when it's really doing its best job at getting people to stay in line. It's, you know, cranking out terror, fear, all kinds of things. And it, it requires you literally tune out in order to not be affected by them. And this tool has been used to create compliance among people. And even post-anarchism doesn't seem to recognize this yet. That in post-anarchism, there's a glaring um, blind spot of, okay, so now you've tapped out of feeling the need to do what the laws tell you to do and what the culture tells you to do. And now you live autonomously in that sense. I still see a lot of people freaking out about things in a very superficial way, of course, but in a very distracting way, in a very confusing way, still because of what the media tells them. Now, all of a sudden people are afraid of dying of a particular disease. And before that, it was actually really the terror war is what kicked off this technology as far as I'm concerned, because that was the original mechanism of terror that the state managed to corral and use to get us to act right. So this is my issue with even post-anarchism is people still have not quite all tapped into the fact that the media is pushing them in given directions and ways of thinking. But isn't that a choice? You know, I mean, no, I don't they, think so. You don't think so. You don't think the people not will, every willingly, man, I don't know, dude, you don't think people like just love to be afraid and just love that fear and just, and trust, um, well, I'll you tell know? you what, maybe, maybe they love it, but the issue is if they love it, um, they are for certainly they, I don't think anybody, can rightfully say, I actually love to not get sleep because of terror. I do think some people are, are attracted to I, being afraid. I don't think they'd actually know it, though. I think but they, the, uh, a lot of them are maybe, maybe, I think it's a, uh, oh man, it's it's almost like a virtue signal, right? Like, I'm so scared I didn't sleep at all. Were you that scared? You know, I mean, they, you know, I... That, well, the virtue know, signal would come know, after yeah. actually it happening, or you're lying yeah. about it, in which case you're a sociopath and we can't be talking about you anyway because you're just not trustworthy to begin with. But okay. in the case where there are many people who are being unconsciously... No, but I'm telling you, I really don't think people want to lose sleep over this. And I know a lot of people who have consistently lost sleep over not really the things that are actually happening to them, but the potential things that they're being told could happen to them. I say a lot of people are completely debilitated by this. Um, the point being, if it's a choice or not, it still lends power to 
the engine that is fueling that and it still forces them to act in certain ways say something as simple as putting on a mask say something as significant as avoiding your grandparents on a holiday or something even perhaps greater than that which is the endless amount of loss that must be brought to a person because they can't visit their loved one who's dying in the hospital uh, or any number of these mechanisms yeah. and regulations that are stroking people's fear and anxiety. And that doesn't make people more rebellious. It makes people more afraid and it makes people want an even bigger daddy figure. And that's what even post-anarchism, I hope, ha is catching on to, but has not yet, is that there's a whole so unspoken mechanism of what is going on in the virtual world and not in the real world, which is making us behave in real ways. So how do we address that? How does that get addressed? We're talking about it. I hope this is the start yeah. of it. I think po the point of post-anarchism being a way of life is to simply communicate this to other people and they will then know. That is a thing that is happening when I watch the television. And then I that can be, be a aware. choice. And yeah. then that can be a choice. You right? have to, right. I agree with you there. That you have to be aware that there are mechanisms in place, whether they were intentionally built or not, which can cause you to function in ways you subconsciously are choosing to do that you wish you weren't doing, right? You Again, you could be made so afraid you don't go out on a particular day. Maybe not us because we've already tapped into this thing, but a lot of people, right? You could be mm. debilitated by this. That is a weapon. In the same way that taxation can keep poor people poor, that's yep. a weapon. You can keep afraid people afraid. That's I, I would hope that is our advancement on post-anarchism is now tap into the media control that is exemplified by this. So what's the answer to the media, the media control? Do we, I guess what we're doing now, like you said, we're talking about it. We have all these different outlets, you know, um, you guys obviously at a much, much larger, um, in a much, much larger way with the re your reach of your guys' respective shows, you know, Pete with your writing, um, you know, and, and just things that you, you kind of, kind of finding those, those alternate sources of information to kind of, uh, uh, cripple the, 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 the stronghold that the mainstream media has on, on this information. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, at this point, none of this is going to go mainstream. I mean, you're not going to find an outlet for it. Yeah. So you just have to do your best. I mean, that's why I, not only have the podcast, not only have the production company, not only have the Libertarian Institute, not only have the Substack now, which is stuff that I write that the Libertarian Institute probably doesn't want. Um, yeah. it, I, you just have to put out as much as you can and see what takes hold. And you know, the, the more that goes out there and the more interesting you make it, you know, um, as far as like postmodernism and post-structuralism goes, I think there are a lot of people out there talking about it, but I think that they're some of the loudest voices don't really explain it as well as like even bird does. So, you know, there are people out there running around talking about it that just may not know how to communicate exactly what the message is. And there's so many messages in it that you may just glom onto one and that's just happens to be the one message that's really triggering to people especially mm. like libertarians you know so i mean you can get everything from postmodernism history um you know foucault writing about prisons and 
people want to just would pass over that just because they don't agree with, you know, how he attacks language and how he attacks uh, norms. And yeah, I mean, I mean postmodernism has basically become, and even especially in the libertarian community, like you would think that everything that's wrong in the world right now, everything that's wrong with society, every mistake, every, not every mistake, but everything that you, people see in society that they think is destroying their way of life. It's blame it on postmodernism. It's just absolutely amazing. And we've asked a question it's, before. It's the new it, spooky mysticism, dude. It's the easy yeah. thing to blame. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, oh, witch. It's a witch. Yeah, um, right. It's a, right. Exactly. It's and a little we've, big though. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about it on, on the pot. We've asked questions about it on the episodes. It's like, did postmod did postmodernists inspire this or did they predict it? And I think that's still a good question that people need to answer. Man. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just with him. Like I just agree with him. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we've seen, I mean, Pete and I have talked about it many times before that there's been a whole movement from a particular group uh, to, to push off eyes from what the state is doing and push it onto spooky um, postmodernism, a form of analysis. I, I don't quite get it either. And I think the tools that are necessary are first of all, being used by many of the people we already talk about, like know that they're doing the right thing. I mean, Cody Wilson comes to mind immediately as one of the people mm -hmm. who is constantly quoting Foucault in particular, and actually uses a lot of other postmodern stuff that, I think Pete and I, you've talked about, I can't remember anything in particular, but just some of the language that he uses, terminology yeah. and things like that. So like, I think a lot of people we already like are picking up on this stuff, uh, despite the spookiness of the name that has been, um, demonized stoked. Jordan, Jordan yeah, Peterson, yeah. man is Jordan Peterson. Yeah. 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 That was a big one. That was yeah. a big one. Really strange because he was mostly talking about neo-Marxism, which is actually a thing, you know, like Chaz and things like that. That's neo-Marxism. Like, yeah, I can see why he would, uh, not like that, but then he had to throw the postmodern in there for some reason. I don't get it. I feel a little bit uh, victimized. I don't know. Who knows? And really, and really, when you think about it, um, <laughs> especially if you like look at Del if you look at like say Deleuze, I mean, who really postmodernists are some of the best critics of Marxism out there. Yeah, they're right. All yeah, Deleuze in particular was like, I can't deal with the shitty meetings and the teenagers running the show and nobody knows what they're talking about. I remember that was a thing he actually said on air in one of his Alphabet episodes. Yeah, they're like most of a lot of them are former Marxists turned extremely anti-Marxist. Yeah, forgot that. Yeah, and, and they're just questioning everything. I mean, they're just questioning every structure, everything that's that exists because. And I think Thaddeus does make a good, uh, does communicate this well, that basically everything that you have in society, every, every norm was inspired, usually inspired by the state. Mm -hmm. um, so really, why would you, if you're anti-state, why would you trust it? Why would, it just doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense. If right. you can, if there's something in society that you can look at, like, um, and just today I was posting about the Tuskegee syphilis, you know, experiments and 
I mean, that was state medicine. That was state-sponsored medicine, quote unquote. Dude, that's and my go-to. That 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 whole the Tuskegee experiment. That that is my go-to whenever somebody wants to bring up mandatory vaccinations and all that other stuff. Oh, uh, I bring and, that and, up. I throw it at them, and I go, "Just look this up, dude, and tell me if you think that's a good idea." You I know. can make it. I've thought so much about that. I can make it ten times worse. They went in there and they said, "You have bad blood, so we're here to check you." So yep. they knew that they knew they were going to poison these people, and they gaslit them right from the start and said, well, you know, when you get sick, it was your fault. And then they didn't treat them. They didn't treat Some of them weren't treated for 40 years. They spent their whole life thinking that it was a result of some genetic thing that they had no control over. And it was just, they were functionally poisoned, man. You know? So should we, when you see stuff like that, when you see St. Louis, you know, radiation in St. Louis, um, when you see radiation being given to, um, mentally disturbed kids in Massachusetts in their oatmeal. Is it maybe possibly government, you know, these are all government sponsored, maybe question whether government should be involved in these things. And really that's what, from just a very broad and even a simple understanding of postmodernism, that's what they're doing. They're basically questioning all of these things that have become norms based on on the state yeah on state influence the state power and and you know you, ha- you have a list of a laundry list of these things that are so disturbing when you look at them from a an objective perspective right from an objective an objective mind a questioning mind right um but there are so many people who simply do not question it and and are not disturbed by it they don't see an issue with it they see something that oh well you know you can trust the government they're they're here for us they're here to protect us you know and uh and, and there's no shortage of evidence that would suggest otherwise. Um, I, you know, I don't know if this is probably a little bit off the rails as far as what we were expecting to talk about, but it's kind of a free-for-all, whatever. But um, I don't know how to get through to those people. You know, how do you get through to the people that, uh, that tend to believe that uh, that Tuskegee experiment was a fluke in light of all the other evidence that's there uh, for all the other things that they'd like, the things you were just listing just now, Pete. Um, the list the, the non, the absolute, um, you know, just complete availability of evidence that the government's going to screw you over every chance they get, you know, how do we, how do we get people to get past that trust and get them back into a place where, where they, where they have a questioning attitude towards the government? Maybe, they, and maybe they're not like full on, you know, like even just to get them to the minarchist phase, even just to get them to the point where maybe small government is better than what we have, you know, how do you get them there? How do we how do we reach those people? I don't know if you can. Well, I mean, <laughs> as long as the government is educating them from a young age, good luck. Yeah, not much you can do. Yeah, yeah no, that's it. Yeah. Is it a cop out to say I think a vast majority of people can't be convinced of a lot of things? Oh no, no matter how hard you try. And that's why another reason why I embrace individual anarchism and post anarchism as something that you're going to have to experience and something that's not going to happen is because you just look around and there is you you're not going to be able to um you're not going to change these people's minds so what do you yeah. do they're just too indoctrinated right they're just they're just yeah. bar, barring some miracle from god or something like that you're they're just kind of that's who they are huh is that how it is you have to yeah. you have to be a bigger symbol of security to them than the state is and you simply have to exist that way and hopefully they will cycle over to you 
instead of the state. And I don't know how likely that is. So you just got to be you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm in, you I'm know? in, I'm a business owner, but I'm not in that business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. not trying to be somebody's security blanket. Yeah. Not much you can do. Yeah. There's not, I, I think, um, again, I, I think the way that you convince anybody of anything is you simply live that way. Um, yeah. and if they're, and if they are willing to, uh, accept the, harshness that you deal with in exchange for their own then fine then they'll join you but i think most people um would rather like watch basketball and um you know take public transportation and like all of the dumb shit that they believe they have to agree to along with being incredibly afraid and hopefully the you know their daddy in the blue uniform comes to save them when the bad guy shows up i don't know um, it's, it's easier that way for a lot of people. And I don't think those people would be particularly interested in the way of life that we want to try and, uh, uh, develop here uh, mm. to begin with. Um, and then for those loved ones that you have, um, again, if you really believe that living this way is the right way to live, then be a beacon of confidence and security for other people so that hopefully they look at you and go, what is that person doing? And then when they ask you, Hey, how are you so calm in a situation like this? You break it out slow to them and you go, well, and you start from there. <laughs> and I think that's really, if you want to um, try and change people's minds, you have to educate them, but you can't just educate them by walking up to them and going, aren't you dissatisfied with things? Everybody's dissatisfied. That's not compelling anymore. Don't you hate your life the way it is? Let me show you yeah. how you can make it better. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, everybody hates their life, including most of the post-anarchists. I don't think that's a really compelling <laughs> way of, t you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to simply quietly exist as an enviable person that people look at and go, why are they always on top of things? Why are they always under control? Why did the financial crash not murder them, but it murdered me, for instance? Yeah. I think that's a very powerful living example of how you prove your ideas. That was Harry Brown's idea in writing the book, um, How to Live Free in an Unfree World. Mm -hmm. he's, like, he's like, people who want to promote liberty have to be people that everyone wants to look up to. So you have to become become wealthy you have to become mm. successful you have to be right. those things that you know and also you know with wealth comes power so you know wealthy people don't go to jail you know they they they, they get their way out of it you know so i mean that's one of the messages that um that harry was talking about back in the 90s as far as you know quote unquote libertarians or whatever anybody wants to call themselves anymore um they have to live in a way where they are revered by others and mm. say, Oh, well, I want to be like that person. Yeah. That's the only way you can convince people is you just have to be somebody they look at and go, man, I wish I was them. And maybe they will push towards that. I don't know. Every figure that I was ever interested in intellectually was someone who I went, man, the way that they think sounds a lot easier, like a lot better to live the way they think. I, I would imagine other people look at people the same way as role models or things like that. Hmm. I see a parallel there. Um, as you guys were bringing it up, try to try to be somebody that that somebody else wants to, I guess, emulate, right? Um, yeah. So, for me, and I, you know, I can almost I can almost feel you guys rolling your eyes before I even say this, and that's okay. But for me, as a Christian, right? Um, you know, we're charged to kind of live a life that people, you know, they, they can tell that we are Christians by our ways, by the way we live. So if you, if you live a life like that, I mean, there's a parallel there, right? So if you, if you live a life of freedom um, and you display that, you know, maybe you can win people over. Okay. 
I was gonna say I'm, I was gonna say I'm, I don't know if you know this. I'm Christian too. I'm a Catholic. Oh, that well, is quite yeah. literally the, the doctrine of <laughs> proselytization is the way yeah. that you have to you have to firstly yeah. live it, and then secondarily you have to communicate it. Do you do you, do y'all want to fight over whether Christians, Catholics are Christians? That would be that would no, be not today, sir. Not, not that maybe today. A, maybe a different episode. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe 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 just me and him, and you could be somewhere else, not stoking like... the fire. Oh no, I want to be. As the seminarian, I want to be, be in the, on this. I was going to say, you're going to be the Calvinist uh, representative <laughs> oh, yeah. here? Very okay, much so. Fine. Very much Great. So. That'll be another episode done. Yeah, we'll come that's back all, for that. That sounds great. We'll get our theology love... books out. <laughs> God, thumbing, I'll be thumbing through Acts like crazy, just thumbing through. You see here? But never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Let's, okay. um, can I give you a piece of news that I thought was quite hilarious? Who, me? Mm-hmm. Sure. <clears throat> this is from Fox News today. This is a real story. I double, triple checked it from every other possible angle. Plus, the Biden campaign actually talked about it. <clears throat> President-elect Joe Biden twisted his ankle while playing with his dog, Major. Uh, he was hurt on Saturday, and he's expected to be going to an orthopedist. Um, 78 years old, the article makes sure to mention. Twisted his ankle, and out of an abundance of caution, he's going to be going to the doctor. Man. Um, I saw that and I just shook my head and I was like, mm-hmm, this is like, this is reminding me a lot of like after Rob Gronkowski got injured like six or seven times, he was finally going to come back again and he got injured an eighth time. And everybody was like, how did that happen? Oh, yeah. When you elect a guy who's 78, he can't play ball quite the same way he used to be able to. <laughs> I mean, we had the freaking current president, the guy still sitting in the, in the seat was limping. <laughs> Like two weeks ago in a video in a pizza place, literally limping because he had a miniature stroke he had to go to the doctor for. Why on earth are we still electing people who are 78 years old? I don't know. Anybody have a theory on that one? Well, they're the ones with all the contacts, man. They're the ones that. Is that it? Is it as yeah. simple as that? Dude, they all. I mean, they are the ones with all the contacts, all the banking and contacts. financial. You know, yeah, man. Let's go do that. Let's go get some contacts. Get some contacts. See, that's the other way. That's pre anarchism. You got to get the contacts. <laughs> Control the world, and then nobody could tell you what to do. Then you're really an anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> then you get the khakis. Then you get the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the khaki, the khaki suit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll tweet about you. Then and you then the, the other story I wanted to bring up to you in weird news. I didn't know you could Google this, but you could just Google weird news, and every single major news source has a selection of news they think is weird. You remember the monolith? Yep, Did it you disappeared. See this thing? disappeared today so there was a monolith that was put up in the deserts of utah oh it was yeah. like a metal you remember this well yeah. just yesterday it's gone nobody knows where it went i don't understand that <laughs> i don't i don't <laughs> i don't understand right that. that's why i wanted to bring it up you just look up in the sky and you go what are people doing <laughs> what's going on people must be bored it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so we found so this that thing was, this thing was roughly the size of a human, right? Like, oh yeah, no, it was pictures. taller. It was, it was like it was ten feet, eight tall. feet. Oh uh, yeah, okay. yeah, Some, okay, right. yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at pictures. Are these even real pictures? Because some of these, pictures yeah, they're real photos. I mean, they there seem to be. Well, the incident seems to be real. I don't know if the particular photographs are, but there's several different news sources talking about it. Like, mm. like in on the scene. What was the estimated weight? Pictures? Did we, did oh they God, have I don't know because they don't What's know a, because somebody got away with it. They ran away with it. So is this aluminum? Is it stainless steel? Like, you know, totally different. Like, is it? I wish uh, I could tell you. Keep looking it, it up. Titanium, tungsten, you know, there's weights. Yeah, it's yeah. probably Beskar steel. <laughs> Beskar? 
<laughs> so my son asked Dropped that in. question. My son, he goes, "Hey, Beskar, is that uh, is that like uh, titanium, Dad? You know, More like yeah, adamant. so he adamantium. So we, yeah, we'll be watching this stuff, right? And then he tries to like apply it to real metal. I'm like, real you know life. This? Oh my god, yeah, is he like, well, dude, Beskar is not a real metal. Dude. He's he nine. He's, I gotta have that. You know, he's so uh, he's he's an amazing. His his brain is always rolling. It's 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 amazing. I love his mind. But but yeah, so I have to have that conversation. It's not real, son. This is all fake. Oh, yeah. All of it. Even the guy with the helmet that's flying through the air. No, you can't pack. tell yeah, him Baby fake. Yoda's yeah. fake. Yeah. Well, oh he, no. He, well, he wants if I if I don't, he's gonna want a pet Baby Yoda. A pet know. baby Yoda. Well, Gross I mean, him. you should get it for the kid. What's wrong with that? get the pet baby Yoda? What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, in other news, one final story I wanted to bring up to you because this is here's the real. These people were living a truly post-anarchist experience. Taiwanese lawmakers throw pig guts and punch one another on Parliament floor. Did you see this? I vote yes for that. Absolutely fantastic. I think more, so more of that needs to happen. So here's actually it's very interesting. Can we go back, we go back to something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we know Baby Yoda's name now, why are we still calling him <laughs> Baby Yoda? Well, I don't know his name yet, so why don't you just uh, keep you, you that didn't quiet? Watch latest, you didn't oh, watch the latest? No, episode. I'm one back. I'm one back. Oh, oh I got, okay. I got, I got wrapped yeah. up in Thanksgiving, so I gotta, maybe I got to go yeah, back. I know there's a special that. appearance from one of my favorite characters in any Star Wars uh, oh, yeah. product. And, 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 she, and she's played coming, by Ro- which is Rosario cool. Dawson. Hell yeah. So that's great. Um. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah, pig guts. Yeah, pig guts. <laughs> so they're throwing pig guts at one another. They're beating the shit out of one another. Why is that the case? I'm sorry. You're going to have to block that one. Why There's is like that three. the case? Damn. Because <laughs> there was a law that was passed, uh, or rather there was a big ban on U.S. imports of pork and beef, right? And in August, those bans were uplifted. So now U.S. pork and beef is moving into Taiwan. Why is that a problem? I didn't know this, but apparently um, U.S. pork and beef contains residues of a chemical known as ractopamine, which is a drug that is used by some farmers to add to animal feed to promote the growth of lean meat. So Mm. just looking at my build, I haven't had much of this stuff. But if you did perhaps eat a lot of this stuff, I don't know what happens. You start growing a lot of lean meat. I'm not sure. But um, there you go. That's that. And that caused a group of... Taiwanese lawmakers to beat one another up and throw pig guts at one another. So whatever, whatever, whatever their system of government is in any nation, Mm -hmm. in any country around the world, I think, Mm -hmm. I think the lawmakers should always beat each other up. I think that's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No no doubt. Start Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Pig guts. That's that's more of that pre-anarchism stuff, right? Well, here, yeah. Well, here's the question for you. Like if you became a lawmaker, let's just say we all got you elected, right? And now you're in, in there and you're in Congress and you're looking to start some trouble, right? Mm. Well, what are you going to be throwing on who? I'll tell you who I'm going for, just to give you my example so you can think about it, right? Mm. Marco Rubio is getting egged hard. I was going to go with him first. I was going to go with AOC and it was also, also going also gonna to be eggs. Eggs? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. All right, I'll yeah. bring the eggs, and you yeah. and I will go in together, and we'll get it done. Yeah. Pete, what about you? Who? Are, what are you throwing on who? Oh, I don't know. Molotov cocktails. <laughs> now that's just anarchism. That's, that's not post-anarchism. Just... <laughs> you can't, oh, you can't. oh, you, oh, God! I'm, Pete, I'm sorry, my mind was totally somewhere that's else. Conduct, ah, yes. <laughs> that's conduct unbecoming an elected official, Pete. You cannot do that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that as a congressional <laughs> official. They'll have to impeach I, you before they arrest you. But <laughs> I would like to throw wet spaghetti all over Lindsey Graham. 
Oh, oh. man, he'd probably be sucking it up. <laughs> oh, he'd be sucking a lot of things up, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lindsey Graham. Got to be the saddest story in Congress. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, <Yes>. man. <laughs> Terrible, yeah. terrible. That's the crazy news. See, that's the, to me, why did I bring these news articles to you? Well, I'm glad, I didn't know we were talking about postmodernism, or, well, yeah, postmodernism, but also post-anarchism beforehand, but um, I present to you three things that you can look at and laugh at regarding the government and um, just continue living your regular life, remembering they're a joke every day and every part of it is a joke. And there's my post-anarchist lesson for you, I suppose. I like it. No, that's good. That makes it. That, that's nice. That's good stuff. I think that's probably a good place to wrap it. What do you think, guys? Oh man, hell yeah! That okay. was great. Let's uh, spend some time talking about yourself and your shows. Bird, you want to go first? Oh boy. Um, well, uh, listeners, I'm sure if you if you've listened to the Friends Against Government podcast in the past, you and and you've listened recently, you will know. That as long as it's still the month of December, we are in a transitory period to timeline Earth. And so right now, we're still putting things together. We're getting all of our stuff up, our website. We'll be having a merch store tooled up very soon. We're going to get our emails out there. I'm going to put together things so that the listeners can interact with us more. We're going to get a Patreon with bonus content put up there, all kinds of stuff. But since it's still December, that'll be uh, all kind of coming to fruition uh, in uh, January. It would be actually... January 6th would be the first episode of Timeline Earth. So stick around for that. Uh, it's going to be awesome. on the same RSS feed as Friends Against Government always was. And so the new listeners can search Timeline Earth. The old listeners, if you were subscribed to that, you are still subscribed, my friend. Um, so that's what we are up to. Big, big, big things. Hopefully. That's cool, man. That's real cool. Free Man he, Beyond the Wall. Yep. Oh, Free Man Beyond good. the Wall podcast. Um Started a Substack, PeteQuinones.substack.com, and I'm putting really incendiary stuff on there and reviews of like The Mandalorian. So it's like one day you may have an, a review of The Mandalorian, and I always put spoilers in the headline. Um, uh, yeah, or I may be talking about how I think that the Libertarian Party should be trying to recruit tankies. Who knows? Um, but. <laughs> Who's laughing? Um, yes, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not laughing because my co-host has been trying to do exactly that for months, and I don't think it's funny. I think it's genius. That, it's that, will, that, 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 whole, that whole thing is hilarious. Yeah. That, that will be that, that will be tomorrow's Substack article, um, yes. which, I've, which I've already released on Patreon, and my Patreon supporters oh, are like, "Oh my god, he's totally lost it." Um, yeah, yeah. And um, themonopolyonviolence.com. Hopefully, we're going to have a huge announcement about that within the next couple of days. And great show, by the way. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've been sharing it like crazy. Um, I, I almost got my mom there. My mom is almost there. It's, she's, it like, made, she's like a full-on boomer, too. You know what I mean? So it's like getting her real close is kind of cool. You know? in, the next, in the next week, it may be in the next week, it may be even easier for you to share with people. Awesome. That's great. That's good. So did you did you want to talk about Unloose the Goose too? I know you got you got a, you got a crew of guys that you're uh, doing that little side project with. How's that going? Yeah, I've, over there with I've Sal listened to that and a little bit. Yeah, Bal and Spirko and um, just basically, you know, Agora Solutions, uh, like practical it. stuff, and you know that's what I think people want. So you know, people always ask, okay, you know, so so much theory. How about doing it this way? And that's what we try yep. to do. You know, so and that's true. 
Yeah. That's like our biggest, our biggest, our, our biggest issue when, when trying to, you know, share our perspective on things with other people is, well, what are you going to do about this? Well, what are you going to do about that? You know, here, read this book. Yeah. Yeah. That's not always <laughs> great. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it really isn't. That's yeah. why I read the book for you <laughs> and present it to you, to you like on Peaky Known as a show. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks, guys. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to go ahead and end the recording here, but if you want to stick around afterwards, that'd be great. Hey, aloha, everybody. Mahalo again for listening to Unshackled Liberty. wanted to take this time to announce that we have moved on from Anchor.fm. We are now self-hosting at unshackledliberty.com. That's basically a hub for our show. So swing by and take a look at the stuff that we have there. If you wanted to support the show through Teespring or Patreon, uh, please do so there. Uh, on behalf of myself and Crypto Gumbo, thank you again for your listenership. We love you. No King but Christ.